You're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 85. Now that I'm doing it, I wish I would have done it in the beginning because I think my business would have been a lot farther. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I have joining us Stephanie Lanes of Smooth Skin Supply. Stephanie has had the unique opportunity to travel the world teaching her famous seven-minute Brazilian wax technique. She received her aesthetics license in 2003 and since then has worked in every possible job within the field. With this extensive knowledge of all aspects of the industry, Stephanie identified that her true passion is in creating hair removal waxes and skincare products. This led to the creation of her own wholesale distribution company called Smooth Skin Supply. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Sue. It's great being on the show. I'm very excited to talk with you and share my wonderful and diverse education with everyone who's listening. I am so excited to hear your whole story. We've had a little bit of conversation in the back in the prep for the interview, and I wanted to stop you because I'm like, oh my gosh, this will be so great for our listeners to hear. So I look forward to sharing all of that. But the first thing I always like to do with our guests is get to know you in a little bit of a different way, and that is by having you describe your ideal motivational candle. So if you were to help us envision what that would look like, what color would your candle be and what would be the quote on the candle? So my color would be purple. I love purple. I always have. And my motivational quote on my candle would be, you are enough. And I have had that on my mirror at home. I've had that on a sticky at my desk. Just to say that I'm enough, no matter what the situation is, I'm doing enough. I'm a good enough mother. I'm a good enough person. I have a good heart. I mean, all of those things I need to be reminded on my basic core. And I think a lot of us in business, we get to the point where we're demanded by so many people that sometimes if someone says something negative or they don't like what we're saying or they don't like what we're doing, we question our ability as a human, not what we're doing in business, but we take it so personally. So I'm enough. Anything that I do is enough. And I love the purple. I mean, I've been loving purple since Purple Rain came out. When Prince died, I was devastated, but purple has always been my color. And the Candles I have at home are purple. They're lavender. So my daughter has one in her room. We keep one in the living room. We keep one in my bedroom. Yes, I love that. And, you know, it's so crazy because you can get so many people telling you how much you've helped them, you know, with whatever you do in your life and gift business listeners, whatever it is that you're doing. But isn't it crazy how it's just that one person who says something negative or challenges you or all of that, it wipes away all that other stuff and you focus on that one thing. Isn't it crazy? It is crazy. And I think the problem is, is that we allow people, and I've learned this over time because I was always a knee-jerk response when a customer was upset or when someone was upset with me, I would jump in the same energy that they were. So you come at me crazy, I come back at you crazy. And I've really gotten to the point in my business and in my life that I allow people to say what they're going to say because they're going to say it anyway, whether it's in written word, whether it's over the phone, whether it's in a voicemail message, they're going to say it. So I allow people to say what they have to say, but I have learned to really take a step back and say, I appreciate what your concerns are and your comments and thank you so much for that. I'm going to respond to you tomorrow. Instead of me immediately responding back because I respond with emotion first. Mm -hmm. I never take a step back to look at it, listen to it, really take down the points and then come back the next day and respond to it. And I've been doing that a lot more. And what I find is people don't have an issue with what I'm doing. There's something going on in their personal life that they found an outlet to release that energy to me. Right. And usually the conversation goes to, well, what's really going on in your life to lead you to this place where you feel that this is the kind of energy you want to carry and release to other people. And you know what? 80% of the time, it's really that. It's not even what I've done or what I've said. It's really, they have something going on in their life. 
And I find that responding in that way, especially in business, has gotten me to the point where a lot of people take me even more serious. Because even in business, as you know, business to business can always be if there's something you don't agree on, if they're not making your timeline, if they're not getting it to you the way they promised, yelling back and forth never gets the product or get this, the solution. Mm-hmm. So I'd even tell other businesses, I'm going to get back to you tomorrow. I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you coming with your concern. But let me go ahead and table that and proceed on what I was doing today. But I will get back to you no later than three o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a little bit of breathing room. And I really like it does. I like how you consciously say I've identified that it used to be that I would respond in kind. And now you're going back. And I think when you give that time, and then you respond in the way that you feel is appropriate, it helps them reset themselves as well. It also, I find, gives them an opportunity to really come back and say, you know, I didn't really mean what I said. What I meant to say was... Right. And then right. I said, oh, okay, because the way I took it was you were upset about that. And then like, no, it was more of this, but that came out. And yeah. so it gives a bigger dialogue. Communication. So much comes back to just communicating, right? Communication with energy and effort towards what you need and not the emotion of what you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's for me has been an eye opener. And even in my personal life, I've held my tongue a little bit, really found myself when I'm holding my tongue a lot more, I can really listen to you and really focus on you without my heart rate and blood pressure going up. But I just kind of give you the side eye like, okay, and how are you expecting me to respond to this? Let me know how you want me to respond. And that catches people off guard. Yeah. So once the off guard is gone and once the energy and and the anger is gone, then we can have a conversation. But you're coming at me all loud and yelling and hollering that 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 doesn't work for me. And it doesn't work for me giving it either. I've really learned that in business that people, especially in my industry, because I call them, they're they're very emotional. You know, I have people that need something yesterday. Right. And I tell them in order for you to get it yesterday, you still got to pay for it. (laughs) Whether you get it yesterday. (laughs) Oh, you got it today. You still have to pay for it. So, you know, I want to help you. But at the same time, it's not my fault you waited to the last minute. It's not my fault that you didn't see or you didn't go over your inventory. I have a girlfriend who has a saying that ever since she said it to me makes so much sense to me. And it's your lack of planning does not become my emergency. Absolutely. Isn't that good? I love that. So thank you, Glenda, if you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Let's go back, Stephanie. And I want to hear the story of how you found your way. You know, we have so many listeners who maybe are working a nine to five or they have a hobby or they're thinking they want to do something and they're not even exactly sure what it is. So stories about how people have evolved to what they're currently doing is always so enlightening. You know, even if it's a totally different field, right? Sure. So take us back to your history and kind of the journey of how you've gotten to where you are today. So my journey has been very interesting. So I come from a military family. Both of my parents were in the military and they came from the South and transplanted to California. And that's where they stayed. They fell in love with it. They fell in love, obviously. And there's three of us. So the expectation was always that we were going to work. And let me tell you, my family's understanding of what I do is I don't work. So I'm going to keep keep that little nugget because that's what the stigma of entrepreneurs are, is that you go and you sit and you look or you get up late or whatever. So, you know, I did everything. I worked for nonprofit. I worked for corporate right out of college. And I call, I graduated from college at 22 and I had my first job as soon as I graduated. So I've been working way before that, but I've worked. So Then I went to a nonprofit. I was there for a few years. I went to profit and then I went and worked for politics. I worked for a city. I was the recreation director for the entire city. And this was outside of San Francisco. And if you know the Bay Area, if you're familiar with it, the Bay Area is very expensive. Anything for your children extracurricular you pay for. So if you don't pay for the education, which most people do, anything you do outside of that is very expensive. So I have always battled with skincare. I've always had just skin issues. None of my family members, my sisters, my mother, none of them have skin problems at all. I was always the ugly duckling. No one knew what to do with my face. I went to doctors. I did all of the normal things. They prescribed me drugs. It didn't work. I had a very good friend when I was teaching. I've been teaching aerobics almost 22 years. And she was working at the gym that I was at and we became good friends. And she said, Stephanie, you're so beautiful, but your skin is absolutely horrible. And I just looked at her like, 
Well, that wasn't very nice. Did you just say that to me? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I love you, but you need help. I see you around here. You're, you're beautiful. Your energy is great, but your skin is not. Ah! <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I would have gone in like, a corner and started crying, probably. I sat there like, what? She's like, I have this really great friend. I think you should go see her. And she helps with skin conditions. And I said, well, why would I take it from you? She's like, oh, trust me. I go to her. It's fine. Just go. And I'm looking at her like, I thought you were my friend. Right. And it's so funny. And we're still friends now. But I went. And so Miss Ida, who is still doing services, she is in Oakland. Her business is called The Skin Studio. And she is a nurse. She does everything, lasers, injections, everything. However, her business is set up just like a doctor's office. So you have a 30-minute appointment. You come and you come out. She runs six rooms by herself. I'm looking at everything that she's doing, all the products that I'm buying, all I'm seeing her every two weeks. I'm doing all this stuff. And I said, what did it take for you to get all of this? I said, I understand the nursing part, but what did it take for you to start treating people and helping people with their skin? She said, I went to beauty school. It was about six months. I did it at night. And now this is what I have. And so I'm adding it up. I'm like, okay, I dropped $300 every month. I, every time I see her is $80. She runs six rooms every half hour. You know, that's 160 an hour. I mean, I'm really like going through the numbers in my head. Like I can do this. And the thing that also is interesting is you came from a place of a need of something that you already, you know, and it, I'll say, I got to say that your friend was a very dear friend to just say something to you because so many people wouldn't because they don't want to hurt your feelings. But I think we can accept that type of thing from our close friends. We can't. It still took me a little bit. Cause it, sure. It, but I went. And when I started looking at what the Miss Ida was saying, I kept saying, you know, I've tried everything. And she said, you really haven't. She said, and that's the thing in the myth about skin conditions that have issues. You do need help that's outside of your doing. It will never come from you. And you could really relate to the pain, the need of someone because you had been there. And look at how beautiful you are now. Clearly oh, she was you. fabulous. So. <laughs> oh, she's beautiful. I mean, she really got me on a great and narrow. So I continued with Miss Ida for a few years, but I started really thinking. I went to school at night. So I went and worked all day. I went to a school that's no longer open, but Miss Marty's was open for like 50 years in San Francisco. And I commuted from Bisbrain where I worked all the way into the city every night. So I went to school from Monday through Thursday night from five to nine. And then I would go all day Saturday. And I did that still working my full-time job. And I did that for six months and I just loved it. Now, mind you, I was, you know, at that time I was making 85, 90,000 a year. My mom and dad were just over the moon. I was living in the Bay area. I could afford living there at that time. What were you doing at that point? I was the recreation director for the city. So I was in charge of everything. I had someone above me, but I was, you know, kind of the middle person. I was a liaison between all the schools and the city sports. And I organized everything. I organized events and parades and all this stuff for the city. So I did politics and city and all of that because it's, it's drama. But I was paid very well. And I got my license. My mom was the model for me when I went before the state board and I got it, you know, instantly. Now, mind you, I have a college degree, too. So, you know, mine is a science background as well. So, you know, all of this was very easy for me. And I was going to work and I'm like, you know what? I just don't like this. It's not fulfilling. I think I really want to go into skincare. So I'm just going to put out some resumes and see if I get a job. If I don't get a job, that means it wasn't meant for me. After a month, I got a call back from a major nationwide company that does everything. So they sell hair products, skin products, and they offer skin services and hair services all under the same roof. I went in there and it was in the downtown San Francisco in the Embarcadero Center, lots of money. And I walked in there and they said, we need an esthetician. Can you be full time? If you're here four days a week, it's considered full time. You'll get benefits. You'll make very good money. It's 50% commission. We provide everything. So I was like, okay, well, how busy are you? They're like, we're extremely busy. We're, we have people waiting for us at nine and we have to put people out at seven when we close. And so at that location is at the bottom of the mall. So the mall is above us. And then we were at the bottom, so ground floor. So it's perfect location, always people everywhere. I was like, oh, I don't know about commission. I don't know because commission is not guaranteed. I'm making, you know, $2,000 every paycheck. Oh, That's a you know tough choice. That's it's a huge, tough choice. But I did. I checked it. I let it go. I went in. I gave my resignation. I was excited. I went into this new job. First paycheck was $400. I said, oh, uh, I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. $400. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not even paying my car note. I mean, 
can't do it. So what'd you do? So what I did was I just, I turned everything on. I knew I started studying nails. I started studying hair and I just sold and sold and sold. And they came out with this one promotion that changed the business for everything. They gave each person that ever came in there a coupon to use the service of their choice. And after that, it was golden. I mean, I stayed there for a year and a half and I started asking for more and they couldn't give me for more, but I really became reputable. I was interviewed on TV for Strivectin when Strivectin came out. I did a commercial for them talking about it because we were selling it there. They came in and brought a camera crew and more people came in to see me. So I had a lot of opportunities to really get out there and make a name for myself in a location. It was the location. I always say that the location was perfect. The timing was perfect. The money was perfect at that moment, at that time. Had I waited a little bit longer. You educated yourself first in something that you were passionate yes. about, and then you took a big risk, too. I did, so, I did. So it was all and of it coming together at the same time. It was, it was. And then it came to a plateau where I was making the store a lot of money. I was making them at least 25000 a month just by myself. And I got no commission on any product that I sold. I only got commission on hands that touched the face. Mm -hmm. So I was like, can I get 5%? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, you do realize that I make by myself 25000 in the store. I'm one person. We have 10 people in here. I make more than all of those 10 people on skincare. You do know that. And I sell hair and I sell nails and I upsell. I said, I do more than any of the people here, including your manager. But I don't make that much. I'm not getting any, you know, I didn't even get a bonus. I'm like, can I get a bonus? Can I get a reward? Can I get a gift certificate? And they're like, no, we really don't have a structure for you. So I left and I went and worked for a company that I sold most of the products for. And I met this wonderful woman who I'm still very good friends with now. And she does what I do. She has a distribution. And distribution, basically, she supplies salons and spas for the estheticians to do the services. So she's on the back end. So what I'm doing is on the front end, which means I have a limited amount of people I can see. I have a limited amount of income I can make every day. On the back end is very different because I can make lifetime of money all 24 hours, not when I'm seeing someone or not when I'm touching someone's face. And she really taught me the back end and said, you know, I did what you did. She's like, I did it. I started and did the same thing. I went back to school when I was 55. I hustled and I did all of that. And I just realized you can only see a certain amount of people a day. You're always going to limit yourself on your income. What I do, there is no limit on the income. You should really think about it. And I kept looking at her like, no, I, you know, I think I really want to open my own. I want to be my own owner. I don't want to really work for anybody. And I'm still working for you, even though you're showing me this. And she's like, it's not going to work out the way you think it is. I've done it. And you know how it is when you have your mind made up, no one can talk you out of anything. You have to experience it. And so I left her and I went and opened up my own office. I shared it with an OBGYN and he let me have one wing of his entire office. He saw patients every 15 minutes and they were always specialty women, women who bleed for no reason and they don't know why, women who can't conceive, women who have just issues. So every 15 minutes, he had a new person coming in. He let me advertise in his waiting area. They saw everything that we had going on. They smelled my oils. They smelled lavender. They smelled, you know, they could hear the music when they walked in. And they're like, whoa, what is this? And this was way before med spas even came out. Mm -hmm. So I really just integrated with him, and he was great. And, of course, when you work for an OBG and you share the office, somehow, some way, you get pregnant, too. So I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> was pregnant with my daughter. And I had a full staff, I had a massage therapist, and I had other estheticians working for me. I set everything up, so by the time I was ready to have her, I was gonna be able to just you know, have a little bit of a break. They run the office, they run the business, and then I come back. It didn't work out that way. I worked all the way up until I had her because I didn't realize I was having her until I went to my appointment, and they said, oh, we're having some problems, we're gonna need to put you in now. And I'm like, but I'm not ready now, I have appointments. <laughs> Well, sometimes and that just doesn't work. Life takes over. That never works. Yeah. Never works. So, of course, I have her, and I get a call the next day. I'm still, I'm on my way back from the hospital, and I don't know if my employees fought with each other or they didn't get along and it came to a head. I will never know. But anyway, both of them quit at the same time. Okay, and you just had a baby. I just had a baby. So I'm like, I have all these people waiting, you know, I'm not supposed to be on my feet. So it's, it happened on a Thursday. So I, you know, let everybody know Friday where we close, we will reopen on Tuesday because we only are open Tuesday through Saturday. So I haul myself in there after having a C-section, mind you. Oh my word. And with my baby, 
And my dad and my mom alternate. So my dad came in and stayed in the back with the baby. I breastfed in between clients. I breastfed at lunch and I saw everybody. And I worked there because it was an hour from where we lived. I did that for two years. Oh my word. So I've had, when I say struggle, struggle, I've really struggled. Two years I did that. And then as my daughter was getting older, I was getting scared because I, if something happened to her or me, we were always an hour away. So I decided to close that area where I was and I moved it up to where I was living with my family and I reopened. And of course, moving a business that far away kills business. Anytime you do a service-based business where people are used to coming to you. You had to start fresh. I had to start all over. So I went in and did that. I opened it up and I only did it part-time. I went to work for a doctor who had a full medical spa full-time. And same thing, I can now, but now I got commission. So whenever I sold, I got commission. I still got 50% on services. I got 10% on product. I worked for her for two years. I did all the consultation for lasers. I did all the before and afters. I worked on acne clients. Um, she was an internist, so she did internal medicine. So she started doing the Botox. She started doing the Restylane, the Juvederm. And I learned a lot on the injections. I learned a lot about laser hair removal. A lot of people don't really realize that it's not permanent. I did, you know, before and afters on a lot of people who just had skin conditions. So I did that at the same time while still working at night, still having my daughter. So I, like I said, I, I've done many, many, many things and many aspects of what I do and what I love. And because I love skincare so much, I knew that I could work for her in the daytime and still go and see my clients in the evening and afternoon on weekends and still be able to have my hands in what I was doing and enjoy it. Now, the money was not there, I will say. I really, really struggled. You know, when you have a child, a lot of your expenses change. When you're by yourself, it's very easy. You could starve and live on top of ramen. But when, you know, you bring children into the situation, your children always come first. And, you know, California is very expensive to live, not only just to live there, but everything is high. Insurance is high. Medical insurance is high. You know, it's just very, very high. So my parents being in the military have a great plan. They added my daughter to their medical plan. So that kind of helped me um, up until about two years ago. So that was a big chunk that took off, you know, and I lived at home with them. So that was another issue that I didn't have to worry about as far as rent. But once I, the doctor kind of closed, she mishandled some money and wasn't able to float the business anymore. She closed. I went full time back into my spa, which I had already mm -hmm. had already. I got another opportunity from the same woman that I worked for when I left Pure Beauty. She asked me, did I want to do some training for her? And it was in waxing. And I said, you know, I don't see why I couldn't do that. They would pay me pretty well. I usually charge five to $600 per class. I said, sure. So I went in there and I did a class for her. And I said, I said, what would you, how would you feel if I started doing classes where I was? Cause I was about two and a half hours from her and I started selling the products that I'm doing. And she said, I don't think that would be a problem. So she sold me the products. I brought them back to my spa. I started doing classes there and I started figuring out that these people who are coming to me are coming to me because I'm in a location where number one, they can't get any professional products because going to Sally's and Cosmoprof, that's not really what we like to do. We like to be able to get products that our public cannot get. So I started selling it out of one of my rooms and I was having other people come in saying, Oh, I heard that you have products here. Can I look? And I'm like, sure. So I'm getting more revenue from these other professionals coming in than I was from people coming in to get services. So I said, you know, she was right. Oh my gosh. I can still see people, but I can also make money all the time because they're coming in and getting basic things that I can mark up 70, 80, 90, 110, 120%. Right. I'm like, wow, what? Oh, wow. So I called around to other businesses and other companies and said, would you be okay with me selling them? And they were like, sure, we don't have anyone in your location. That would be perfect. We would love to refer to you. So I had six different lines that I was selling out of my spa. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is paying my rent. It's not my people that I'm seeing. It's this. This is, and she's right. Mary was so right. Mary was like, you cannot, you know, make enough money because you can only see a certain amount of people. These estheticians were calling us. We were shipping. I mean, it just blew up. So you were making money off the product you were selling. Absolutely. And it was because I was having classes. So whatever I used in the class, people wanted to buy it. And is that how the technique started to form? The technique was before I actually started selling products. I was always fast at waxing. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do Brazilian waxing. I just thought it was, un I didn't like it. I didn't want to see people naked, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to see them in that position. Mm -hmm. But the demand 
was starting to really take fold and I could command the amount of money I wanted. So I would charge $100 at least for you to come in. And time, let's face it, I mean, seven minutes, the time, everyone is time strapped, right? Very much. So to be able to go in and get things taken care of quickly and be out could be a big niche. It's a huge niche and it didn't start that way. It took me three years to perfect that technique and I did it all by giving away free services. So I didn't charge people for me to kind of practice what I needed to do to get faster. I did, it was Brazilian Friday. So once a month I would put an ad on Craigslist and said, I need models. If you want a Brazilian, you don't have to pay for it, but I'm going to practice. You may still have hair when you leave, you know, give us a call. And I did that one Friday every single month. And that's how I became faster in three years. So it wasn't on people that were already seeing me. It wasn't on people who were paying me. I did that for, by free mm -hmm. because I knew if, if I was messing someone up or if I was going to injure them, I couldn't necessarily charge them. So once I perfected it and I stopped giving it away for free, it's $100 for you to come and even make an appointment because you're going to get in and out. You're going to get the best products, but I'm not going to be there torturing you for an hour like some people will. And some people still are even to this day. There's still people who don't know what they're doing and they're still trying to charge a lot of money. And that's where a lot of discrepancies come in. Now, remember, this is before Yelp. This is before Google Review. This is before, you know, anything. Living social. This is way before that. Right. Okay. So you can never go on and, and say how bad it was or what your experience was. It wasn't like that. Right. Okay. So you were seeing, so you were testing on a lot of people to perfect this skill of speed and result, obviously. I had to. And so then you had people, you got it down. So it was something that was really working. Yep. And then now move forward to what you're doing, like how you're teaching it and like what you're doing now. So from there, I spun off because everybody that I was selling products for didn't like the way I was doing it or they wanted me to just do it their way. And so I kind of let that go and I found someone who was able to make the waxes the way I wanted them. So with the technique, the technique was always there before I even created my waxes. So I did that technique on multiple different products. And that's what people, I think, kind of draw to me because it's not just my product that I sell but I can do the same technique on other people's products as well. Cause not everybody's going to use my product, but they want to use the technique. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to perfect it with other products other than my own. But once I created my own, I had a lot of control over what I showed. I've had three DVDs out. So the first DVD was on a product that I didn't tell anyone who it was. It was just a technique, but people kept saying, what are you using? What are you using? And then I was kind of like, well, I'm going to have to come out with a second DVD showing what I use, but it's going to have to be mine. Cause I want money on the front and the back. Right. I want money on them watching it and I want money on them so they can use it so they can kind of perfect and see what I'm doing and use it. So once I created my product line, which took a while to get the waxes the way I wanted them, to get the technique down with the wax and make sure it was the right wax with what I wanted to show, that's when I really blew up very quickly. I put out my second DVD and it was a second version. I showed everything that I did. I had people calling me all over. I had distribution expanded to Canada. I had distribution expanded to Australia. So it really kind of took off after that second DVD. And then I did a third DVD where it was all things that go wrong. So I decided and I had a counterpart. Her name is Cricket. She also has her own wax brand. All DVDs that come out in training, they're all with no troubleshooting. It's always perfect. So the client has perfect hair length. They have a perfect flat tummy. They don't have any cellulite. They're not big bone. They're not large size. They're petite and tiny and cute. What we wanted to do was show the other side of waxing, and that's with everyone. So we wax with men. We did plus size. We did people who've never had a wax before. So we showed them jumping. We showed them bleeding. We showed the wax not coming off. We showed every single thing that could ever go wrong in a treatment room. Once that video hit, the sky's the limit. I mean, I blew up even bigger because people were like, that's happened to me, and I never figured out how to get out of it. Or you really, you know, you showed us reality. My first one was nice. The lighting was nice. She was, you know, petite and cute. Her hair was perfect. I mean, the whack, her hair just came off. There was no resistance, anything. This video, though, showed when we were having issues. And we didn't cut anything. It's four hours long. And the video was meant as a training video Absolutely. to people doing the services to show them, okay, this is what can go wrong. Here's what you do about it. Absolutely. Wonderful. And we didn't talk about any products at all. So it was not products, you know, specific. Mm -hmm. it, it was, was very much about technique situations. You know, when your client is sweaty, what do you do? 
Um, when you have a man who's never had a wax before, what do you do? What does it mean when it bleeds? Okay, Gift Biz listeners, I want to stop right here because this is a great learning for everybody. You may not be anywhere near related to this industry, but listen to what Stephanie did. She, first of all, experienced it herself. She did free services so that she could learn and perfect a very more specialty craft because it's a seven-minute technique. So she learned all that. She got it down. She saw that there was an opportunity to create her own product. And then even from there, so this is the point I want to get at for any of you who are creating products of any type, she even saw the opportunity to expand it further by training videos. So what is it that you're doing? If you're a jewelry designer or you're a baker, is there any opportunity in your industry to create training videos, technique demonstration? Love, love, love what she's talking about. Like, oh my gosh, here's all the things that can go wrong and here is your solution. Can you apply that to your business and is there anything that you could be doing that could lead you to the success that Stephanie's now seeing because she has multiple areas of revenue now because she's got all these different streams of services and products that she has. So Stephanie, I'm sorry, I just had to jump in there and say that because I think that could be very eye-opening to a lot of people who are listening here right now. Absolutely, and I think part of it is is that we get entrepreneurs, we get so so focused on one thing. And I'm learning, you know, and I learned very early on, I have to have multiple streams of income. I also can't be everywhere all of the time. I can't travel all over when someone wants me or a company wants me or a person wants me. I really can't do that. So the training that we offer and all of our training, we've gone away from DVDs about three years ago. All of our training is online. I have classroom portals. I have opportunities where people can rent my videos. So if they don't want to buy it, they can just rent it. They can be in our group, which is a private video room where they can watch all the videos that I have as many times as they want. And that's all done virtual. So whenever someone has a problem, they either email us or they give us a call. But that is a a huge revenue stream for us because if you want more training outside of the basic training because I do basic training kind of teasers on YouTube so I have a huge YouTube following I have over a million views um, I have over 200 videos but I have a section that's just training on my waxes only so that's kind of the intro from there they can get even more training with me on their iPhone or iPad or on their computer and I'm talking to them and that's all done virtual. So as soon as they sign up and they pay their money, I pop up right on the screen and, and I'm talking to them, telling them what they need to do. So it's it's really become multiple streams of income. So we have our training aspect, we have the products available, we also have, you know, one on one. I have a storefront where people come in and talk to me and they spend money with me here. And then I have companies that buy our wax in cases. I'm actually looking at two pallets right now that's over 2,000 pounds of wax that we're getting ready to ship out to them. So it's become an opportunity for me to expand not only myself and the products, but I also have gone to distributors. So I have people below us who sell our products, but who also sell our training. So that's kind of the second tier to my whole little pyramid here is that our distributors are located in areas that I'm not. So I'm in Texas, so we have a distributor that's in Boston. They also have a school. So they train in their beauty school on all of my products. So when those students leave, they're already trained. And then they go to salons, and then they're excited, and they bring our product to the salons as well. So it's a very interesting dynamic of how my products get out there, especially when I start from the beginning. So when people walk into that school, they see my brand already. Sure. So talk to us a little bit about how the whole distribution started you know when did you identify that and how do you, like what were the steps that you took to get that established so distribution is very difficult um, I will say and and in the beginning I was not very particular about who sold the product but now I am because I find that people just don't respect it if they don't know that it's very important distribution because they are not me specifically it's not my baby but they also want to generate income it can be hard on two folds. I like someone in a company that's already educating. I've gone with companies that don't educate and all they do is sell and their sales aren't very high because I want that environment of education and excitement. Is that now a prerequisite? It is a prerequisite. Yeah, you have to have a training platform already for us to go into. You have to have the opportunity to have someone on the phone that actually knows about waxing. So we have lots of estheticians that come up to us and they kind of, they hear my story because I have a wonderful series. So if you ever, you know, those of you who are listening, ever want to listen to my story in a little bit longer, I have a YouTube channel and it's called Stephanie Lanes, but my, um, 
it's called the wax class and I do it in the same style as Oprah does that she does. And I can't remember what she did, but it's just a black screen and I'm just talking. Mm -hmm. And each segment is on my journey from what I talked about in the beginning of this podcast all the way to where I am now. So I talk about situations where I've had inappropriate clients, how I've gotten out of that, how I've had a man approach me for something other than waxing. So I really spell it out in each episode and there's six episodes. So you can watch it and they're about 30 minutes long. But I really share my story, but I also share my passion for what I do because I still do the service. And I find that when I meet entrepreneurs who have stepped away from what they love to take more of the business side of it, they become very antsy. They're not very social. They're very short. They're very snippy. And I have to kind of go back and say, well, what was it that got you into this in the beginning? Weren't you doing it? Well, yeah, I didn't find time. But you know that now that you're so far removed, you, you really don't know what's going on in the industry and what you're doing. Really like there's important. a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, you you do. You get very disconnected from your customer. So you Absolutely. really don't know. Plus, you know, things change. Other products come on the market or there are Absolutely. other needs based on just the world changing or whatever. So if you don't stay in touch with your customer, that's a really risky situation. So I'm glad you brought that up, Stephanie. Really good. And the thing is, too, is that, you know, it's not that I have to wax every day. I still wax when I go to trade shows. I still wax when I do training. But I find that the balance has to still be there. People trust me because they see me using it. Right. I, I don't have a spokesperson. I don't have anyone. When I do my periscopes, sometimes you see my daughter run around in the background. Or you hear my husband over there coughing and choking. So I, I really make it very, and he does it often, but I make it very realistic when I'm speaking to them and encouraging them and say, you know, if I had someone like myself when I was at the point that you were, I would not have made these same mistakes. I would have wasted this amount of money on something that I knew wasn't going to work. I would not have done the things that I've done. And so when I do my periscopes, I make it very realistic. I bring them into the shop and say, this is what it looks like behind the scenes. This is what it looks like when you make your company makes a million dollars you don't see a million dollars you don't have a million dollars you know people get stuck on the dollar amount oh we generated this much no you didn't right you didn't do that so my thing this my theme this year for our periscopes has been how much money are you really making are you paying yourself we as entrepreneurs do not pay ourselves we are so bad at the business side we really are I really at early on said I have to have money that doesn't have anything to do with the business. And once I started paying myself, I was not as stressed. I was not as freaked out. I wasn't all obsessed about that next dollar coming in. I really was okay because Stephanie Lane's bank account has money in it. Now, smooth skin supply can go to negative, but Stephanie Lane's <laughs> bank account has money in it. So it really became a different aspect for me. You know, I'm always encouraging entrepreneurs, pay yourself. You go, if you don't know how to do taxes, you get a company and you pay them to pay you. They take care of your taxes, your social security, your disability, all those things that we don't know. Pay them that because you can write off at the end of the year, but get a check, whether it's once a week, every other week, once a month. Pay yourself from the beginning. Don't wait till you think you have enough money in the bank. Nope, nope, nope. Pay yourself first. And that's been something that I've always been passionate about, but I didn't do. Now that I'm doing it, I wish I would have done it in the beginning because I think my business would have been a lot farther. I would not have been robbing Peter to pay Paul. Right. You know, I did the credit card thing. I wrapped up my credit cards. You know, I've been audited by the IRS. I mean, I have had a lot of financial issues. And it wasn't until I separated and really paid myself and wasn't snatching money out of the business account that I really started to grow. Because, you know, you have to think about it. If you don't know how much money you're making, if you don't know your margins, if you don't know how much your bills are, if you run everything on a credit card but never pay the credit card, your business will never succeed. And that is something, and I love Marcus Limonis, and you know we've talked about this before and when we talked it before. I love what he says, and he always asks every business that he's a part of, are you paying yourself? Because it's important when you have the mindset of, I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about bills on my personal side because there's money in that account. I can focus 100% when I'm in the office on the business. And I don't have to focus on the money part of it. You're absolutely singing my song because so many people, you know, the, the viewers and listeners of this show are all artists, creators. And it's so easy for us to diminish the value of our time. 
and Absolutely. we don't we don't necessarily price our products correctly and i mean that's a whole this is a whole <laughs> other bucket of information that we could it be is. sharing but i'm glad you brought that up because it is you have to think of paying yourself as just another business expense that is a necessity and not something that you can just dive into and say, oh, I just won't pay myself this month. Because all of your passion, all of your energy, all the time and commitment and money that you've put in to create something isn't going to last long term. I mean, at some point, if there's no money, you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing. So you need to look at a salary for yourself as a business expense. And I say, even if it's a hundred dollars, and I think that's the thing with us, we get so stuck on money and we get stuck on the value of money, meaning the more money I make, the bigger my company is. And that's not really what it's about. The, we go into business because we don't want to be told what to do. We don't want our ideals taken from other people. We don't want to have to justify what we want to do as being successful. We want to be and feel and do everything that we want with no restraints. However, when you don't include yourself as far as income and you don't price things right, you pay the price for it down the road. And that's something that I've done. I didn't realize I could go to my manufacturers and demand a lower price. I didn't start doing that till after I watched The Profit. I was like, how is he can walk in there and give them a number? And so last year, I tried it with one of my manufacturers and I showed them the numbers. I said, I want this number down for this product to this. Can you do it? We went back and forth. We went back and forth. And they were like, well, no, we can get it to this. Nope. If you can get to that, you can get it to that. We're talking 30 cents. Right, right. And they came back and they said, well, you know, um, something about minimums. I said, I don't want a minimum. I don't, I don't need a minimum. I have distributors. We're growing. They're buying more. That's the number I want. I got it. Good for you. I was so yeah. surprised. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and, you know, you never know what their limit is until you push it. You know, once and you and once you see, yes. let's say let's say they couldn't have gone to that, right? Then maybe you would have negotiated something different, maybe you wouldn't have, but unless you try, you just don't know. And the thing is is I wanted to stay with them and I was looking at other manufacturers, but as you know, when you manufacture, it, there's a relationship there. I, it took me 10 generations with three products. Mm -hmm. So 10 generations means when I give it to them, I don't like it, I send it back, I tell them to change it. I did that 10 times on one product and I have 3. Mm -hmm. So I really did not want to take that same product to another manufacturer, and it may not be the same. I wanted to continue to work with them. Right. So I, I told them that. I said, but I have other options I can go to. You do know that. So just know that up front before you say no again. Right. I don't have a problem with, with, you know, canceling my orders that I have now and going with this other manufacturer. And that kind of got, I'm like, oh, she's serious. I'm very serious. Right. All I'm asking for is 30 cents different. You can't give that to me? Yeah. Because if you can't, we're done. You've yeah. lost all of that revenue that you've been making these last few years. So it became eye-opening to me when I started going back to them and saying, okay, what can I do to get it cheaper so that my margins are bigger? Once I started looking at my margins, like I have a certain products now that my margins are three and 400%. And, you know, you look at it and you're like, why didn't I do this in the beginning? Why did I never not sit down and know my numbers? Why did I never quite not get that? You know, I've been working for free. Okay, and I want to stop here too. Now, Gift Biz listeners understand that when Stephanie's talking about margins on her individual products, that is not all the business expense. So her margins of 300% per se, out of that down the road comes rent, cost of travel, cost of trade yes. shows. So that's not all. I mean, there's so much more than just what your how much your product costs to produce and then what you sell for because there's all these other business expenses as well which is why you want to get your margins on your product as high as they can because it's not just pure pass through right into an account of money that you can spend <laughs> okay so exactly just, you know because we have some people who are just in the beginning of their journey so i just wanted to point that out as well stephanie we could go on and talk about so many things you are just a wealth of information but i think we're going to have to start winding it closer to the end here and i want to evolve into our reflection section this is another look at you also how you work your business what types of things you've done that have helped you to get to where you are right now. If there's a trait that you see yourself calling on time and time again that applies to your business, what would that be? My trait has been really balance. 
And I say this, and a lot of people can't do it, but I'm going to be very honest. It took me a little while to do it. I had a business mentor coach told me, you're going to have to let the emails go off of your phone. So you're not doing any business on your phone outside of the office. Everything, emails, phone calls, all stay here. So when you're here, you're here. But when you're home, you're home. You mean in personal emails? No, business emails. Business emails. So business emails do not go to my phone. Nope. I have no idea what's going on when I'm at home. I don't answer emails. I don't have to say that I pop up my laptop and I'll refresh mm -hmm. and I'll close it back. But I don't do any business at home. And that's a trait that has really helped me because I was not a mom at home. I was not a wife at home. I was Stephanie Lane's business CEO at home. And once I cut off from my phone, I don't answer any emails at home. I don't do anything business. I may look at something, but I cut it off. My messenger on my phone, on the business, because I have two separate Facebooks. I have a personal Facebook and then I have a business Facebook, which was great. I separated them out. So I get messages on that business line all day long, 30 to 40. I turn it off. Weekends, it's completely off. I don't answer any messages. Nothing. How far into your journey were you able to start doing that? Two years ago. Because what I, what I find is, is that I did not have any turnoff time. Mm -hmm. I was working at home 12 hours in a full day. So I would leave here after working six hours and go home and work another six hours. I wasn't functioning on both ends. It wasn't best for the business, and it also wasn't really great for my personal life. So the balance for me has been great. Now, in the beginning, as, as new entrepreneurs, you're going to work all of the time. It's just finding that balance. You know, if you can't let go of your emails at home, can you not answer your emails until the next day? Is it, is it have to be answered at 10 o'clock that night? No. Also, is there a tool or something that you're using to help you be as productive as possible? I calendar everything. I used to plan out my, every hour, and I can't do that anymore just because things happen. But my calendar is great. My reminders are, are great. And I use the iPhone, so I'm always on my iPhone scheduling everything, and that's Google Calendar. I will schedule if I need to come in and do a brainstorm on a project that has to be done. I schedule it out an hour. I put it in. So scheduling my day has been something that I love to do. It may not always go to that schedule, but I always need reminders. And I love to do 30 minutes before and an hour before. <laughs> you know, I even had payroll reminder. Just making sure that it's on the calendar. Because if it's on my calendar, that doesn't mean I'm going to do it. It's a task. I'm going to get it done. If it's not on my calendar, out of sight, out of mind. If you're a paper calendar person and you need a schedule in your hands, keep a schedule in your hands. If you need to have it, have it for a year and not have it for a month. Organize tasks. Write them down. I agree because it also reduces your stress because you don't have to remember it anymore. It's in the calendar. It's written down. Absolutely. Is there a book or any guidance that you've listened to that helps you to stay motivated and be energized and learn more about your business? It's not even about my business. I find I'm very fascinated by learning what other business people do. I love to read Forbes. I love to read. There's another interview magazine and I'm big on magazine, not necessarily books because I don't really have time for books like that. But I love reading articles about other businesses and what people do who are very successful that may not be the norm. I don't know if it's the norm, but I'm right with you. I love hearing what other people do because if they're successful, then they have some clues for us. That's for sure. Stephanie, I would like you now to dare to dream. I want to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Time is inside my box. And what is happening with that time? That time is unlimited. There's no limit on time. The focusing on not what I'm doing yesterday or what I am going to do, but being able to focus on the time that I have right now. Because I'm always a year or two ahead, but I'm not here today at 916 on November 14th. You tend to drift into the future for goal setting and all of that. So you want time to live in the day in the moment. Absolutely. Got it. And that, to me, is something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. We dream ahead. We dream when we already have that success. We already dream when we're able to pay a bill and not even have to worry about it or not look at our bank account every hour. Right, right. And <laughs> or it, look at our bank account every day. You know, and let's face it, so much of our time is spent in building towards a goal. We should be enjoying the journey. 
because the, mo- the majority should. of the time is in the path to your goal. And guess what happens when you get to the goal? You set another one, right? Far, even farther exactly. out. So enjoy where you are every step along the way. Even people who are just starting, that's such a fun place to be because there's no groundwork laid, there's nothing happening yet, and you can really dream of what it is you want to do. And then when you get started, reality sets in, but you've started, you're creating something. So there's something positive and there are challenges every step of the way. So once we get comfortable with that and just live in the moment and enjoy and be grateful for what we're doing, it really helps your mindset too. It really does. That's a great question. Okay, Gift Biz listeners, you all know that there's a show notes page. I'm going to have all of the links to Stephanie's different places, um, her website, YouTube, social media channels, all of that. So if you want to learn more, just jump over to the show notes page and you'll be able to link up with her any way you'd like to. But Stephanie, for those people who are not near a computer or who are out jogging or in their shop or at a nine to five job and listening on the side, what would be one single place that you would direct someone to if they want to know more? My YouTube channel. That has everything, every single link where I'm at from my Instagram, my Facebook. Um, And you can see anything in there. I have periscopes in there that I have recorded that I upload to my YouTube channel as well. So you can go into my YouTube channel, which is my own channel, and do a search in there. And you can find whatever you want. You can start at the beginning where I did my very ones where I started in 2008 on YouTube. So you can see me all the way up until now. So eight years worth of information is all on my YouTube channel. Wonderful. And your YouTube channel name is Smooth Skin Supply. Skin Supply. You got it. Perfect. All right, Gift Biz listeners, now you know all about that. It's been a little bit of a longer podcast, but Stephanie's done such a great job in really laying out her path and her journey. So I want to keep all of this in here. I'm not editing anything out because I think the really important thing for us all to learn is one step leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And having the experience and learning along the way is so important and really lays the groundwork to being successful. So Stephanie, I, I so appreciate you're just, you know, you can hear your honesty and your enthusiasm and your sincerity to help people not only achieving nicer quality skin when that was what you were doing, the waxing technique, helping people be successful in their businesses in your field, that honesty and the passion totally comes through. So for that, I appreciate your sharing everything that you have today and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's always fun sharing my story. (laughs) Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.